0: Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlos is a platform to
1: share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute buck kicking with love.
0: Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your beliefs, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individual stories. Before we jump into today's show, we have a few notes for our listeners. Karen and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com. We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a
1: second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit.
0: We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The full series can be found on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There's a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions, As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here, along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for patrons in our top tier, each month we're putting your names into a draw for a free half-hour channeling session with Karen or myself. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash Bisarlo. Now, on to the show! Good morning, Kelly. How are you? Good morning. I'm cozy. I've got my tea in my blanket. Kelly, I have a quick little story
1: to tell you mm, that okay. isn't enough context to give it a whole show. Okay. But I do just want to share it because it's sweet. So earlier today, um, I went out to the mall, out, out to Walmart to pick up the sausage buns and the sausages for tomorrow night's supper for you and Eric. And I was in the mall, or pardon me, in Walmart, and I saw tulips. And so I picked up three bunches of fresh tulips that are fresh cut, and I picked up three in the potted plants. And I know you know this, (laughs) because I came in the door and I put them all over the counter and I said, what would you like? Mm -hmm. And that there were all these different colors eh, of, of the tulips. And I didn't think anything of it after that. Um was just something that just sprung into my head to do and I just did it. And then I started a session after that, about maybe 20 minutes later, and we were well into the session, well into it, like good 50 minutes when she said, do you have anybody else who's passed over? And her grandpa came in and said, yes, no, pardon me. It was her grandmother, her grandmother. And we were chatting with her for a few minutes. And then she says to me, oh, the tulips, the tulips, her, her grandmother's telling me this. And I'm like, what? And she goes, it's the tulips. Bring up the tulips and all of the colors of the tulips. Tell her that you put six different um, bunches of tulips all over your house. And I went, oh, okay." And I'm I'm still thinking, why would I tell her that? So I did. I told the client this over Zoom. And one of them was on my desk, so I picked it up, and I was holding the pot. Mm (laughs) With the purple tulips. And she said this was the thing that they had done for her before she passed. They had bought tulips and that they had put them all over her house. And that this was something that she liked and her mom liked and her grandmother
0: liked. That's lovely.
1: Yeah, we're putting flowers all around the house, but tulips was the significance of the last bunch of flowers. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And I, I... I think it's a lovely story because, you know, she gets to hear that her grandmother knows all about this and is acknowledging that she's had them since she's passed. She's acknowledging the story of what they did when she was sick and was passing, like all of that kind of stuff. And I think too that clients just get to hear how fluidly you and I live with the spirit world Mm -hmm. where we're not necessarily standing Always, like in a Walmart, saying, why the hell am I buying six things of tulips?
0: Oh, no, we just do things joyfully and then question ourselves afterwards. <laughs> but but Could you to imagine? be fair, you bringing home six bunches of tulips is not uncharacteristic. So I love yeah. that this woman just took the opportunity, this, this dead woman, took the opportunity to live vicariously to get a message. <laughs> and I'm glad she did because I've got six bunches of tulips all over the house. Same.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to share that one. Yeah, it's very sweet. Yeah. Let's move right into today's show then, Kel. So, I'm going to need the name of a female
0: place. So, I've chosen the female name Bahadi. Oh, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. I hope I pronounce it as well as you are. Well, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it properly. It sounds, it looks nice and light as I read it on the page. Someone might correct me, though.
1: Well, it certainly won't be me.
0: Okay, good enough.
1: Okay, so Bahati is um, over Zoom, and she begins her session by saying, after we get through consent, of course, she says, "Um, I would like a soul contract, please. And she just says it like that, and I hear immediately from the spirit guides that it's about a male, and it will be a family member, but I don't know who. So I just asked her that, and she said, yes, it's about my brother. And the guides went, okay, we are ready for this. And um, Karen you need to know this is going to be rough. Mm. And I went, oh, geez, okay. But, you know, rough can mean in so many ways, right? Yeah. So um, the guide said to me, you're just really going to have to say to her things exactly the way that we say them because we know the energy that you're going to have to present to her and hold for her so that she doesn't go into shame and mm. dismiss everything that you say. You know, Kelly... I can't even begin to tell anybody listening to this how much I appreciate that. The heads up? Yeah.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, because then I know
1: that because she has felt so much shame in her life, she's behaving certain ways, and that might be what they're going to be talking about. But just to be really connected to her, to be able to look at her and and to check in with her and ask her. So that we can keep that connection going so that the spirit guides can actually get all those messages out and then, I don't know, learn whatever she's supposed to learn perhaps or discover something. I don't know what it is. But anyway, I, I loved how much they were caring for me and for her and the value of that whole process of the three of us in a triangle together. Mm-hmm. So, so she asked at the very beginning about this, and the very first thing the guides did was start explaining an example to me and said that she would call her brother's house and ask to speak to him um, and that he often didn't answer the phone that her sister-in-law did. And they said that was done on purpose. Eventually it got that way because he didn't want to talk to her. And that the sister-in-law wanted to continue to encourage to keep a relationship going, but wanted to value that he didn't want to answer the phone. So she answered the phone and would speak to her sister-in-law and chose to be a go-between and tried very hard to be as healthy as she could be and that this, this process over the phone was something that was super hard for the sister-in-law. And I, so I said that. And she goes, I'm really lost. I don't know what you're talking about. I call my brother's house frequently, and he would answer the phone. And I said, well, no, they're saying that he doesn't answer the phone anymore and that that's changed. And she had to sit and pause. Bahati had to sit there for quite a while and look at me and go, you know what? I hadn't noticed that, but you're right. He doesn't answer the phone. She says, but I, I just didn't make anything out of that. And so the guides continued to say that her sister-in-law found Bahati really aggressive and really confrontational in the way that she even asked questions. And that she ended up in her own therapy, the sister-in-law, in in order to learn what her sister-in-law was doing, what Bahati was doing. And she figured it out with a therapist And she was able to start answering the phone in ways that were healthy and that Bahati didn't see the difference because she was just in her own shit. And so there were examples given and there was a particular example about her brother being sick when Bahati called and asked to speak to her brother one day and the sister-in-law answered the phone and said he's sick. And then she would say, Bahati would say, so sick he can't come to the phone. He's So sick he can't speak. Which is confrontational. Which has nothing to do with the sister-in-law giving a reason. And she didn't. So at the beginning, she would get engaged. The sister-in-law would try and explain it. Yeah, he has the flu. He's in bed. He's in the bath. He's sleeping. Or his throat is sore. She would get in and she would she would answer those questions. But then through therapy she came to realize that wasn't her responsibility and that her sister-in-law was asking questions that were intrusive or like, like trying to get around her, like trying to force her brother to come to the phone or trying to manipulate her sister-in-law to bring the phone to him. And she was doing everything she could to control her sister-in-law so she could get to her brother to control him. So the spirit guides gave me that particular example about Bahati's phone call to her sister-in-law and how Bahati's behavior had completely changed over the years to become more bullying. I said, you know, Bahati, you might go into your shame when you hear this, but this is not my intention and it is not the intention of the spirit world to have you go into shame. If you do, it'll be hard to hear this. It'll be hard to be able to acknowledge it. And I said, But if you take your time and don't go into shame and notice when you start to head that way and pull yourself out, you might be able to pull up the memories accurately enough to be able to say if it's true or not. Would you be comfortable with that? And I'll be quiet. And she went, Yeah. And so we were quiet. And then she says to me, I know the exact conversation you're talking about. He had COVID. She says, I know the exact conversation where I said, oh, can't even come to the phone because he can't speak. Like I didn't know COVID was in your throat. Like she, yeah. Like she says, I know what you're saying now. She goes, I know know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I know what you're talking about. She goes, thank you for pointing that out. And I said, I went back to the guides and I said, okay, why are you bringing that up? And they said, well, we want to point out That this is not that far of a stretch for her and that she has purposely watched TV shows and movies to see how to manipulate conversations to get what she wants.
0: Don't have to look very far.
1: Yeah. And so she's actually gotten worse by her brother's standards and that's why he's ghosting her. She's gotten worse by her sister in law standards, and that's why she went to therapy to learn how to speak to her sister-in-law and to be able to handle it in a healthy way. But they have both caught on to what she has been doing um, and because they just don't like it, because they just don't appreciate how they feel when they speak to her. So each of them is handling it in their own way, her brother and sister-in-law, But Bahati has purposely tried to figure out how to bully people. And I thought, wow, I didn't know people actually studied that. But she's showing, yeah, there are people that actually do. So that was the very first piece. And then I said to her, okay, let's do a quick check-in. Is this helpful? And she goes, okay. She goes, I was asking for a soul contract, and I said, well, that's your soul contract with your own soul. And she goes, well, I don't really understand. Like, what am I supposed to do with that information?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't have understood it if it was presented to me like that either.
1: Oh, and I can't
0: remember exactly at the beginning, but that's fair. Given given her level of emotional intelligence, if I put myself in her shoes, it was not articulated the contract between you and your own soul is mm-hmm. to learn. hmm
1: Fair. So we had a little conversation around that the guides bring out this information so that you can identify your own behavior, that you don't go into your shame about it, and that then you have opportunity now to go to your own therapy or to do something, um, read books, whatever it is that, that you choose to do in order to address that behavior. And she goes, oh, okay. So they're telling me to address it. And I said, well, yes. This would be one of the reasons that we're reading your soul contract is for you to have a self-assessment for your own self-awareness and then decide if you're going to take, make changes in regards to that. So then she says to me, okay, she goes, "Um, I would like to um, move to medium. And she says, I just want to connect with some people who've crossed over. And I said, okay who's your first person? And she goes, my aunt.
0: So was it addressed then what the actual contract was with her brother?
1: Oh my God, Kelly. I totally forgot, but it's going to come back around. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to say that that's going to come back around at the very end.
0: Okay. Because currently you. I'm as lost as she is.
1: I, thank you. That That's what's wonderful. I forgot to say that. It does come around at the I very end. It's the way that I'm, that I'm trying to prepare the story so that everybody can get it, okay. right? Okay. So then we move to the aunt, and she says, um, can you tell me anything my aunt wants me to know? This is how she words it each time she asks for somebody in medium. What do they want me to know? So her aunt comes in, and she gives some validations at the very beginning of just factual things to say, I'm here and I'm your aunt. And then her aunt says, well, now she wants to know what I want her to know. And what I want her to know is, is that she's been a people placer. She was raised one. And this is a thing in our family about people placing. And I said, what do you mean? And she says, well, many of us in our family were raised to be people pleasers, myself included. So you can say that as a fact that I am. Um, Biggest issue in my life was that I bent over backwards for people. Super kind-hearted, would give the shirt off my back. That kind of expression. She says, you can describe me like that. Her aunt continues to point out some examples of where Bahati does extreme people placing. And she uses the brother as the example. And she goes back to the phone call day about the covid and the sore throat, and where her sister-in-law says to her in that conversation that day that um, she does not need anything, that her husband doesn't want anything, that they're fine. And Bahati
0: is like, well, can I make you something? Can I pick up food for you? So, can- sorry, can I interrupt? Yeah. I'm, I'm a little confused, because the conversation that you've set up for us where her behavior was brought to her attention Mm -hmm. was illustrated in a way where she called and just bullied. So Mm -hmm. you're saying that what came after the, oh, he's too sick to come to the phone and speak, that's when she went into people-pleasing? Yes. Okay. Thank you. So, yeah, so she's initiating the call by bullying and saying, I want him to come to the phone, but it's all to say, how can I give, how can I provide, what can I do? Yes. Okay.
1: Thank you for helping me tell the story better. So her, so Bahati gets into this conversation with the sister-in-law, um, saying, well, can I drop this off? Can I pick things up? Do you need groceries? What can I do? And the sister-in-law keeps saying, we're fine. We're good. It's been taken care of. And Bahati wants to continue for quite a while to figure out how to do something. And when the sister-in-law finally says, just nothing, and sticks to her guns because now she's learned how to deal with Mm Bahati, right? The conversation ends, but what happens is Bahati makes food and drops it off to their house anyway, Mm -hmm. even after she's been told not to that they are fine, et cetera. She packs up all her stuff. She cooks. She goes out and gets the groceries. She's in her people pleasing. And then she boxes it all up, puts it on the door, writes a note. And then the aunt says to me, now she did all of that. And then she turned around and got angry with her sister-in-law because she never got a thank you for everything she dropped at the door. And she says, this is the behavior that her brother um, and other members of the family, but we're focusing on the contract with the brother, doesn't want to be a part of and doesn't want to continue anymore. So he's setting up boundaries um, and trying to distance himself, and that's the biggest thing. He's trying to distance himself from Bahati, mm-hmm. and she won't take that as an answer, so she keeps going to the sister-in-law to try and get her way in, or she does things like drop things off, or she tries to find things out about him from other people and tries to do things to people-please him. But they come out as very crossing boundaries. Um, and the way that her brother is seeing it is that she's not taking no for an answer. He feels that she's bullying him. Mm-hmm. And she thinks, Bahati be- believes, that she's a good person. So then I told her that, and I said, that was the example. I explained the example about the food, and she said, "Um, yeah. And and there was a lot of surprise that the spirit guides were giving me this information. Like, she couldn't believe that that she got caught, so to speak. Like, how could you know this? You're a stranger. And why would the spirit guides know any of this? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I find it so interesting what people think they're supposed to know and then when they draw the line or where they draw the line of what they shouldn't know. Right. Well, I think it speaks to Bahati's character. How how do you believe that an (laughs) entity of any kind can know your soul contract, the deepest, most important thing possible, but not know you acted like a little shit? (laughs) Right? How does that make sense? It doesn't. But I think it, it
1: it speaks directly to the mind manipulation that's going on in Bahati's mind all the freaking time, mm-hmm. where she when she wants to believe something, sure I'll believe it, and when she doesn't, she just flips the switch.
0: Mm. I think that's a very like um, token characteristic of a people pleaser. Yeah, is that I I have an intent. But I'm, I'm just going to believe that no one can, or hope, and believe that no one can see my ulterior motive in the giving.
1: Right. And if they do and they call me out on it, I'll gaslight them. But if anybody challenges me that I'm gaslighting, then I'll, I'll just go further and I'll lie more. And you end up in a, in a horrible hole. Mm-hmm.
0: Also, just before we move on, like there's the whole concept with people pleasers that I'm not okay if you're not okay. Right Or, or, instead of double negatives, I'm only okay if you're okay. Mm -hmm. But the people pleaser insists that the other person is not okay and that I, the people pleaser, will be the one to fix it. So, like, what what a conundrum you've created for both of the individuals now. I think you've just described
1: quite beautifully and articulately. Is that a word? Articulately? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, Her thinking around the COVID situation where he's not okay, I need to make him okay, I'm going to do these things because this is what I think will make him okay, so I'm going to cook, I'm going to do this, I'm going to feed him certain
0: things, Yeah, I think he should eat. But you missed the key part of the people-pleaser's belief system. Y- you said, he's not okay, so I'm not okay. And that's fine, but that's part two. The people-pleaser says... I'm not okay unless you're okay, mm-hmm. right? So it's actually very self-centered. Mm-hmm. So if I if I perceive that my connections with other people are not where they need to be, then I'm going to make that basically their problem, and I'm going to get in their face to fix it.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so what you just did there was explain what happened when we went to the second person who had died, and she said... Now I want to talk to my uncle. What does he want me to know? Mm, okay. And her uncle came in and said, basically, what you just said. Mm. And I just wrote that all out. Those were my next notes. Excellent. So as I'm writing my notes, you were thinking
0: that and decided to say that before I could get <laughs> that, that's to That's pretty much my job on Coffee I with know, the Sarlos. How can Kelly fuck this up by jumping ahead?
1: Yeah. And he talked about her ruminating. Mm-hmm. He talked about that as soon as she goes into what you were calling step one,
0: that that's full of rumination. Well, yes. And and here's the thing, and I'll kind of spell it out for individuals, especially if you're listening and and you're identifying with the people-pleasing, which please know we're also sending you huge amounts of empathy, is that the people-pleasers can't acknowledge that they have a need. So... They will call and say, what do you need? I was just thinking of you. I just wanted you to know, you know, you were on my mind. Instead of calling and saying, I'm lonely. I have a need. I need connection. I miss you, right? They, they will turn the entire focus on the other person instead of identifying what they need for themselves. That's gold. Mm-hmm. And it's only gold if you can actually identify it within yourself and do something different, right? Rather than the same old, I'm gonna call and figure out what your needs are. Mm -hmm. You've got to now put in the different action to call and say, hey, I have a need. And this is something I think that her sister-in-law is
1: understanding, but her brother is not. And that Bahati cannot see in herself and doesn't ever go to therapy or read a book or learn to figure that out about herself. So her uncle says to her, Bahati, you need to go to therapy. Your level of self-awareness is not healthy. It is not at a place where you can assess any of this to understand your brother's response to your behaviors, to understand your own behaviors and your own thoughts, or to understand your sister-in-laws. Or pardon me, Kelly, sisters-in-law in general now. And then he goes into explaining that while her brother is moving away from her and ghosting her, that she's she hasn't it hasn't dawned on her yet that the rest of her siblings are already in step 1 because she does this to everybody in her family. And she's trying to reach out to this particular brother because she's losing control over the responses she wants.
0: Mhm.
1: And she's blaming, this is what he said, she's blaming all of the in-laws that are running interference between her and her siblings. Yeah. She's saying that they are the ones that have the problem, that they don't like her. And, and, and so she's making a story around the in-laws as opposed to understanding that the problem is originating within her. Mm-hmm. Her need as you said, her needs um, of c- making connections in healthier ways. And that a therapist needs her to understand how can you go about doing that healthily instead of the ways that you have been doing it. Mm-hmm. When her uncle finished that last piece and we said all of that to her, I say we because it's the two of us talking to her, of course, her response was silence for a while. And then she said to me, oh my God. And then followed by long silence again. And in that silence, I said to her, uncle, is there anything else that you, her aunt, or her soul and the, and the guides want to say to her? And he said, yes, there's one more thing we want to say. When she figures out that this originates with her and she works on it, tell her that when she finally figures it all out, That she should apologize and she should start with all of her in-laws, not her siblings. Like this. So I said that. I told her, I said, oh, I've got another message for you, Bahati. And she goes, okay, go ahead. And I, I gave her that message. And all I heard her say was, oh, yeah, I've made a mess, eh? Just like that. That's good. Yeah. Because I really didn't know where this was going to go. I I really wasn't sure. And then her uncle says to me, can we go back to the very beginning? And I said, yes. She asked for the sole contract with her brother. And I said, yeah, she did. And he goes, we want to go back to the very beginning. Because the sole contract is that if she can get this, like what she's doing and how she's treating her brother and her sister-in-law... And she can come to understand it, and she can call them and say, Look, I've been speaking rudely to you. I've been putting it on you that my brother doesn't want to speak to me. Um, This is how I've behaved with you. I apologize to you. When my brother would like to speak to me, could you let him know I would like to apologize? Like, they gave her a plan. Now, mind you, part of the plan was to go to therapy to figure more of this out, right? Right? They're not giving her every single step.
0: No, the therapist is supposed to take it the rest of the way.
1: Yes. But they started it by saying, hey, when you do make that phone call, your apologies are going to be very important to create an opening back in. If you don't start with an apology and you just start trying to explain things, you won't get very far. And the contract with your brother is that this is the particular one where you've started, where you've behaved your worst, where he's the first one that's walked away and set real boundaries with you. This is the one that is supposed to matter. You're supposed to get it or you'll lose them all. Hmm. So um, we just, we sat for a little while. There was a little bit of silence, not overly long, but she thanked me at the very end. And um, that was it. There was not, I'm going to therapy and a, any kind of closure, like on my part that I can share with everybody other than to say that she listened
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that this appeared to be real listening, mm-hmm. not just, I heard you, blah, blah, blah.
0: Well, she said, thank you. That's mm-hmm. a big deal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, oh my God, was the key thing because it was just like, you could see her just not really able to process all of it to start explaining herself, but just where you could see the light switch going on, like, holy shit, I got some things to think about. Mm-hmm. And thinking about them and then hopefully going to therapy to share those thoughts and those memories is where she can really do a big beginning,
0: mm-hmm.
1: take a real first step.
0: I think, yeah, I, this this comment might go sideways, but like, people need to actually go through a process of taking personal responsibility and ownership about what they have done, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people who are just told, you know, you, you need therapy can really resist that because they're only at a point where they're thinking about what happened. They're not owning their part in what happened, right? And, and I'm mm-hmm. using her as a reference. I'm not talking about if someone chose to traumatize you and it was all they're doing. I, I'm actually saying like, She had a part in making this mess and then perpetuating it. If she hears you that day and and thinks, you know, okay, yeah, there's rifts in the family. And yeah, you're right. I don't like my sister-in-law. And yeah, you're right. My brother and I don't talk. But she doesn't go to the point of the ownership. Mm -hmm. Why would you commit to therapy? Exactly. Exactly.
1: And I think like her aunt and uncle and her spirit and the guides showed up to give her enough examples and factual information to put the responsibility squarely on her, but also the opportunities squarely on her. And the problem solving within her ability mm-hmm. to say, here, there's, there's a whole bunch of things that need to occur and we're going to do a good job, go slow, we're going to take the whole hour we're going to go all through this so that you stand a chance to see it and then decide what you're going to do with it.
0: Oh yeah. Cause she could decide to, you know, dip her left shoulder backwards and, mm. and dodge everything that you just right. said. Right. You you're saying I put something yeah. squarely on her, the guides did. And it's like, yeah, she could just lean back and and let it go over, right? Yeah. Um yeah, if she's if she's willing to sit back and not just accept that things are a mess, but that she had a part in it, mm-hmm. then action becomes the next possible step.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. Thank you for helping and explaining so much of it that I missed as I was trying to remember the, the session for everybody. No problem. That's why we do co-hosts. Mm-hmm. Thankfully. <laughs> Kel, I got to tell you that um, I found this session really beautiful for me in that I really got to see how the people pleaser can start the problem with what you explained earlier for everybody, where it's their own need out of loneliness and that they don't acknowledge that. I I, I think even as you were explaining it, it sits within me again, how much people pleasers don't acknowledge their own needs.
0: Yes, and I I do appreciate that you grasped onto the word loneliness. However, it was one example. Oh, I know. Um, and it and it can still be used to describe the underlying motivator, which is I'm not enough. Mm-hmm.
1: I I think it's 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 wonderful for people listening today, if they are the people pleaser, or if they know somebody that is, it to be able to understand that mm-hmm. because it would allow because it will allow them to have more self-compassion or allow them to have compassion for another person that's doing something like this Mm -hmm. instead of just ghosting them or instead of um, arguing or fighting with them. Maybe now, if you're listening to this, it gives you an opportunity to go, hmm, maybe I'll book therapy. Maybe I'm her or maybe I'm the sister-in-law that is already going or maybe I'm the brother who's doing the ghosting and maybe I could go And see if there's some skills that could help me understand this.
0: Mm -hmm. And deal with it. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I hope everyone has a beautiful Saturday. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlos. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.